What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Chaneo Gwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Blue Wire. Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win. Three on the way. Yes. Paul George nails it. Lou Williams for the win. Bingo. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Clip and Roll. I'm your host, Justin Russo. I'm your other host, Barfad S. Nashari. Why, why are you what okay anyways this podcast is being brought to you by indeed bet online and blue wire what is wrong with you i'm just trying to trip people out right from the start they're like wait a minute did he just say barfod maybe i should listen to this episode because i think he just had a typo i just i can't i i just don't i can't deal with you right now i guess is the phrase i'm gonna say anyways um clipper news this week Apparently, according to multiple reports, the Los Angeles Clippers are going to be hiring Dan Craig and Kenny Atkinson to be assistant coaches under new head coach uh, Ty Lue. Um, Wait, you're saying they got James Bond to be an assistant? Okay, so I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't tell you this. The episode title of this podcast, I always try to think of something to like title it. I titled it 007 and Spunky. And Dan Craig, obviously 007. Do you know Kenny Atkins's nickname when he was like in college as a player was Spunky? No. 007 and Spunky. That seems like sounds- a WWE wrestler who's like 100 pounds and jobs out to everybody and always gets beat up. Like that's what Spunky sounds like. Kind of. But I mean, listen, they're now going to be a part reportedly of the Los Angeles Clippers coaching staff. The Miami Herald said that a league source confirmed to them that Dan Craig is moving on to, to Ty Lue's staff. Uh, this is also straight from the Miami Herald quote. The source added that the Clippers offered more money and the hope is working as an assistant in one of the NBA's biggest markets on a team with championship expectations will serve as a pathway to an eventual opportunity for Craig to become a head coach. Uh, so, if you read into what the words say, which you kind of have to at this point, but you also should try not to read too much, I guess. It sounds like Steve Ballmer and company have made Dan Craig, if not the highest paid assistant coach in the league, one of the highest paid assistant coaches in the league, right? I mean, you got to pay James Bond, dude. I mean, listen, sometimes you got to die another day. I, I can't think of all the Bond titles. That should be... I, I got to see how many Bond titles I can work into this podcast. I mean, 
when you gotta when you gotta spend big and go, you know, a little casino royale, you gotta do it. See, that's bad. You're bad. Shut up. That's bad. You know, I mean, listen. It obviously the the money's of no consequence to Steve Ballmer, but in the eyes of some people, when they're looking for, you know, would you would you say he's in that elite class of assistant coach? Dan Craig, I would. The little that I've that I know about him, and as the much and the stuff I've read about him, makes me think he's the next guy. Like, it sounds very cliche because he was in Miami. Like, oh, he's the next Spolster. Like, that's the easy connection. But it sounds like that's what his. Uh, there's 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 different tiers of assistant coaches, like different types of members, and you'd say he's a gold member. I would say he's a gold member, although that's that was a good one. That's an Austin Powers one. Fuck. Goldfinger. Yeah. This is Goldfinger, isn't it? Yeah. Would you say that Steve Baller has the golden eye for his talent? Damn it. Wait, yeah. Goldfinger's Austin Powers and Goldfinger's James Bond? Yeah. I mean, Damn listen, it. when it comes to the amount of money that he's making, it's going to be a lot of money. But for some men, the world is not enough. I don't want to play anymore. I feel like I already <laughs> ruined everything. Are you going into your quantum of solace? No, I'm just quitting. The specter of this has, you know, completely I've behooved you. I'm retired from podcasting after making a mistake that bad. <sighs> yeah, it's pretty bad. I, I'm sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear that. It was nice knowing you, though. Um, the other hire, though, is Kenny Atkinson. He was the head coach in Brooklyn for three and a half years. One of the interesting things is I wrote a, an article on my Patreon about the two of them and how this leads into the player development that they t- remember the Tyloo press conference when you and I talked about it last week. They kept talking about player development, player development, player development. These two, these two guys, Kenny Atkinson and Dan Craig are big player development guys. So it's nice to see that they that literally Steve Ballmer put his money where his mouth was and made this a reality. It wasn't just, it wasn't just talk to get people interested. They actually made it happen or reportedly have made it happen. So, I mean, but look, they, they paid them a lot. They've been paying them a lot of money. And I know, I, I know I keep bringing up the money aspect, but they're paying Ty Lu probably like $7 million a year or thereabouts. Um, this coaching staff that they've assembled, with Dan Craig, who's going to be highly paid, Kenny Atkinson, who's going to be highly paid, Chauncey Billups, who I would assume is going to be highly paid to get out of this TV deal and lead into a head coaching job down the line, and Larry Drew, who's who's always been compensated fairly, if not somewhat unfairly, for his for for what he's done. I feel like he's been underpaid at times. This is a coaching staff, assistant coaching staff, along with Ty Lue. That's a lot of money. And I think it speaks to the belief that Steve Ballmer and Lawrence Frake have in this team being able to achieve something down the line because you don't fork out this kind of cash, even with as wealthy as Steve Ballmer is, unless you really believe in them and believe in the vision. And it sounds like they do, at least for now. Would you say um, this is the most pressure filled year in Clippers history? Um, no, the season, the season that proved to be the final season of Lob City was probably the most pressure filled one because it it felt like if they couldn't go anywhere, like that was literally it. Like that was the end. And it was. And you could feel the pressure in every game 
Um, I don't know. Maybe this year will come close to that or even surpass it. I don't think the pressure is bigger than it's ever been, but I could, I could see it getting to that level uh, down the line. It depends on obviously how the season goes, but I mean, we also got to see how the off season goes. The off season is going to help dictate some of that. This, I mean, to me, this just already feels like the big, the most pressure they've ever had in a year. I remember that year, the, that's the year I think they lost the Utah jazz. I remember they started the year out super hot and, you know, some of the beat reporters at the time, like Arash Markazi were saying like, Oh, this looks like the year they finally understand, like they need to get it done. And they had started out really, really well. And then like in Clipper, typical Clipper fashion, the the regular season just became so like bizarre ups and downs. Yeah. They started that year 22 and eight. And even at one point they got to 29 and 14 and they finished 51 and 31 at one point. <clears throat> were they 11 and one at one point? Uh, they were 10 and one. Okay. Yeah. I think that was, I remember when everyone was like, Oh damn. Yeah. Their only loss was to OKC by two points at home. Yeah. I remember in that, that, in that stretch. Yeah. So I mean, stands out to me for some reason is the game that Marcus all hit the three pointer for the win. And he did the Conor McGregor walk across the uh, court. And I was just oh, like, that was that was their twelfth game of the season, and they they lost it. Obviously, they went to ten and two. Yeah, yeah, I remember that very vividly. Yeah, they got to fourteen and two, and then had a three game losing streak, and then they were fine. That was a good team, and they they just got injured, which hey tends to yeah, happen. Yeah, but when you say that every year, though, then it's like not, then you yeah, just what got I'm injured saying over. that's why I said it tend it tended to happen with them. Yeah. Um, are you excited for this coaching staff? Yeah. But, you know why? You know why I'm excited? It's different, and it feels like they got all these guys, great minds to come in together, rather than like this guy got brought with this guy, like kind of thing. You know what I mean? I'm excited, but I'm also like, the season just seems weird, man. Like it just seems like they're rushing to try and get it started for the money of Christmas games. But when I talk to like people in the organization and other organizations, like they got no idea what they're doing. Like they don't know when they don't know if we're going to like be in arenas. They don't know if fans are going to be in the arenas. They don't know if they're going to play outside of Staples Center. They don't know how the media is going to be involved. They don't know if the media is going to do Zoom again. But you like it's like they're trying to have the end date, which is really soon. And none of the details are ironed out. And it just. It just seems like the opposite of the bubble because, like, at least with the bubble, I had already talked to players and people, and it was like they knew it was coming months before it was announced. And and there was a lot of lead time. With this, it just seems like nobody knows anything, and it's just a scramble. It just doesn't – it doesn't feel good to me next season. No, I understand. Uh one last or two last couple of notes about Dan Craig and Kenny Atkinson. Dan Craig, uh, the last four seasons, he was a heat assistant under Eric Spolstra. Uh, in the 2015-16 season, he was the head coach of the Sky Force in the D League. Um, I, I mentioned that uh, probably about a week or so ago. They're called the in Sky in, Force? Yeah, they were like the Sioux City Sky Force, I believe. It's a great name. It's fantastic. Um, in that season coaching them, he was not only named coach of the year in the D league, which is now the G league, but back then it was the D league. And he led them to a title that year. Um, he began his Miami career. Um, I don't think I ever realized they blatantly just took 
like the letter D and just moved it over to and be like, now it's the G. Well, yeah, because it's technically the Gatorade League, I believe is what it's called now. Oh, see, I thought they were just trying to be cute and be like, they're not D plus students. They're not D students. They're they're G level. And then you're just like, OK, guys, let's. No, because the D stood for development or developmental league or something like that. And then I think the G is because they're sponsored by Gatorade, I believe. So I think it's just the G League for that, the Gatorade League. Yeah, I think once you said that, I realized I remember the the Gatorade logo everywhere. Um, Dan Craig began this from the Miami Herald. Dan Craig began his career uh, with the Miami Heat, and he did so as a video intern in 2003-4. He was then named assistant video coordinator in 2004-5, and two years later was promoted to video coordinator, a role he served for five seasons before being elevated to video coordinator slash player development coach prior to the 2011-12 season. The Miami Herald goes on to say, the following season, Craig was named assistant coach slash video coordinator, and then in 2013-14, he was promoted to assistant coach slash player development. During the 14-15 season, he served as assistant coach and director of player development for the Heat before coaching in the D-League for that one season and then returning to serve as Eric Spolstra, one of Eric Spolstra's assistants for the last four seasons. So... He's been there for basically 17 years. He was a heat lifer and the Clippers got him because they thought highly of him. He has filled in, according to the Miami Herald, he's filled in to coach for Eric Spolster in two games in those 12 seasons. Um, The first came when Spolster's first child was born, which was an overtime road loss to the Indiana Pacers in March of 2018. And the second game came when Eric Spolstra's second child was born, which was a road loss to the Boston Celtics in December of 2019. So Dan Craig has coached in the NBA. Like if you really want to get real technical, not only has he coached real, real. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Not even beyond the D league or G league, whatever you want to call it. He's coached two NBA games. Like he, he can, he can coach. So, you know, like he has some experience, not much, obviously, but he has some. Uh, Kenny Atkinson, this is the second thing I want to talk about. Three and a half years with Brooklyn. They were not good really during that stretch, although they did make the playoffs last season and also this past season, but he was fired. Well, uh, if, if we want to be fair, like that was a pretty good, that was a pretty overachieving Brooklyn team. Two years ago, or I mean last season? Last season and the season before. Okay, I'm calling last season like the season prior to this one. The D'Angelo Russell season? Yeah. I thought that was an overachieving year for him. Oh, it was. He got a lot out of that team. And that's what I want to talk about um, is how well those two have done in terms of player development. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. 
Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try out Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. When you look at Kenny Atkinson, in his time in Atlanta, so, th- so there's an article from 2016 with Kyle Korver. Um, and in it, here's a direct quote from Kyle Korver. He has been awesome for us here in Atlanta. He's talking about Kenny Atkinson. I think our player development has been second to none the last four years. I think it has been amazing watching guys develop and grow. And Kenny leads that. Kenny Atkinson was basically credited to some degree with the player development of not only the young guys in Atlanta, but veterans such as Kyle Korver, uh, Kent Bazemore, Damari Carroll. Um, with Mike Scott, I was reading something where he was one of the guys who decided to turn Mike Scott into a stretch big rather than a post-up guy. Um, and also, he was one of the guys who had Paul Millsap expand his range to three-point land. So, like, Kenny Atkinson has a very good idea of of what he what players can do. And when he was with Brooklyn, he was one of the guys that Joe Harris said gave him his break because he's here's the quote Kenny Atkinson had come from Atlanta one of the plug-in guys that he thought would be good with the good teams in Atlanta and my comparison was Kyle Korver he kind of saw a little bit of me and Kyle and played that card that was my break so these are two guys now obviously these are just if you really break them down to their basic form two shooters and they talk about how much Kenny Atkinson helped them well that bodes well for guys like Landry Shamit uh, Paul George, you can go on and on like like even Patrick Beverly for movement and stuff like this. Like this is a high level player development guy, even with veterans. So this is good. And one of the interesting things was in the Ty Lu introductory press conference or news, con- whatever you want to call it, the Zoom conference, I guess. Uh, there was an interesting quote from Lawrence Frank, quote, A lot of the times when people talk about player development, they focus on younger players, which is critical, but also the best teachers and best coaches get the best out of your best players. So obviously they hired 
reportedly, I'm still saying reportedly because it's not yet official. They've reportedly hired Dan Craig and Kenny Atkinson, two high level player development guys to help bring out the best of their best players and bringing out the best of your best players is one of the ways you get better as a team. The well, so at this point, who who do the Clippers need to develop though? Uh, Landry Shamit, Evita Zubats. Who who else would you say? Fiondu Kevin Gailey, Terrence Mann, uh, Paul George saw some development. Kawhi Leonard saw some development. Everyone can develop a little bit. You know, Marcus Morris can, Lou Williams. You can always improve at little things. Montrez Harrell, he's 26 or 27, can still improve. You know, like, there's little things people can do to get better. Rodney Magruder, who was with Dan Craig in Miami, can still, you know, see some improvements. Like, there's little things guys can do to get better. His name is McShooter, first of all. Put some respect on his name. He hit the game winner against the Portland Blazers because he's a McShooter. I, I just... I don't want to talk to you right now. Put some respect on his name and you will have to. All right, then. Um, Good. So shut up. Um, You know, it was a thing on my Twitter for for a while where it's like anytime Rodney Magruder had to make a three, like whenever he made a three, I had everyone tweet the words McShooter at me like all season. So when he made that three against the Blazers, the gates broke loose. That was one of the funniest games I've ever seen. Yeah, that was weird. I've never seen a team try to lose like that and then just win. Sure we have. For the Clippers? We see it every year from teams that try to, like, tank. Man, they really tried to lose, though. Like, they pulled guys out. Like, it was wild. They, they did everything they could. Every, everybody kept saying they were trying to lose. I Here's the thing. I don't think they were trying to lose. I just think they didn't care if they won because they were trying to tone back the minutes for people because it was like, was it the second game of the back-to-back or the first game? The first game. The next game was against the Brooklyn Nets and they somehow lost that one. And I remember being pissed off on that one. Yeah, okay. So in the Blazers one, they sat Kawhi and like people didn't even get like full runs in that game. Because PG like... didn't play the whole fourth. Neither. I don't think Lou Williams did it either. Like they just didn't care because that was one of the things that sucked about the bubble was those back to backs because like every team like ended up sitting like one or two guys or just not playing the full the, minutes. The Clippers are playing third stringers and they won. There's Patrick Patterson and Rodney McShooter and like Terrence Mann and I can't even remember who else. Maybe maybe Noah. That's man. That's just call that what it is. That's trying to lose. That's not. That's not trying to win. No. See. Trying to lose, I don't think teams try to do that. I just think if you ain't trying to win, then you're not then you're not then you're losing. Okay. There's a difference in not caring if you win the game and actively seeking to lose. If you ain't first, you're last. Well, they were first that day, so obviously they tried to win. They weren't trying to get first. But they won. Listen, dude, just say McShooter and we'll be we'll be good. Just say McShooter. No. Um, the other news that came out from Mark Stein on Wednesday, about 11 a.m. Pacific time, because we needed this with our afternoon lunch, afternoon lunch. That's redundant with our lunch. Reportedly, this is what he said. The Clippers have interest in signing the Lakers Rajon Rondo, league sources say. 
and are expected to pursue Juan Rondo when free agency opens in Are November. you about to say Juando? I'm like a frog in my throat, so I was trying to say Rondo, and it came up with whatever. Ugh. Whatever I said, that's his name. Um, Initial thoughts. So... I don't care for Rondo in the regular season. I like the presence he has. I think playoff Rondo, I'm super game for. The thing about Rondo that really stood out to me, the story that came out was the one where it came out that Braun used to really kind of go hard on the younger guys like Kuzma, Ingram, and um, what was his name? Josh Hart. And Rondo would have to pull him aside and tell him, like, hey, for these guys, like, you're their Jordan. So, you know, chill out on them a little bit. And I just think those little things and just that loud voice is going to be necessary for a Clipper team where no one is loud except Patrick Beverly. But a lot of times Patrick Beverly being loud isn't necessarily – it's not a guy who's won. It's not a voice that, like – you, I mean, you you do want to run through a wall for Patrick Beverly, but it's not a proven voice, I guess. Whereas Rondo has proven himself in a way that Patrick Beverly hasn't. I just think it's a good voice to have, but I just he's just so injury prone, and I can't see him contributing hugely in the regular season. It would just be a matter of keeping him healthy for the playoffs. I don't buy anything about Rajon Rondo at this point. I still don't buy his postseason run. I'm sorry. He's not a 40% three-point shooter. No, it, wasn't, it wasn't the three-point shooting. I think it was just it was just a lot of really smart playing, a lot of smart cuts, a lot of smart passes. He can the do that at times. He can do that at times. I just – I don't want him. He's 34. He's going to be 35 in February. I don't want him. Now you're just being mean. No, I just – I would like to see some of the younger guys given the chance rather than like, like signing Rondo is a very doc rivers move, which is kind of hilarious because he just left the team. And like, like the one guy you thought doc rivers would bring in was Rajon Rondo. Remember? And he never brought him in, was never able the Clippers were never able to get him. And now you're talking about bringing, I don't think he's, I don't, first off, I'm very likely to be wrong. I'm, I'm wrong more times than I'm right. Like everyone. Yeah, like when you said you wanted Denver instead of Utah. Hey. I still believe that. Just stop hey. talking about it though. Um, with Rondo, I think he's a solid player. I don't want him though. I, I would rather have someone else take him um, and develop the Clippers own guys. Like Landry Shamit could still be developed to be a lead ball handler at times. Terrence Mann seems like someone they were trying to groom. Landry's to not going to be an elite ball handler. I just think he could be a lead one. Did you say lead or elite the first time? Lead. Uh, yeah, but he still won't be the leader that's going to like – when you're so To me, the Clippers need more of when you're razzled like they were for three games straight, like somebody needs to calm you guys down. No, see, I'm not, when, I, when I say when I say lead ball handler, I'm not saying the leader of the team. I'm just saying he can be a number one ball handler. I get that, but it's also like it's it's a combination of things. Like it would be nice to have the guy who calms you down also be ahead of a snake at the same time. I I just think they need that. But either way, if for what it's worth, I remember in 2015 or 2016. There were rumors that like the Rockets wanted Rajon Rondo, and I had someone from the Rockets stats team tell me 
they made those rumors up so that other people would try to get Rondo while they tried to get Trevor Ariza, I believe. So for what it's worth, there is a good chance the Clippers don't actually want Rondo, and that's just a ploy for somebody else to get him while they try to get somebody else. So what I was going to say is I don't think they're going to sign him. I, I, I just think... For all we know, it could just be his agent floating out destinations for the Lakers to pay him. It could just be that. That's I, mean, one I, don't, the, I don't disagree. Like, what's one of the I, best I ways to leverage to get your guy money is to have their, I'm not going to say rival, but to have their, like the team that's there with them be their main competition, quote unquote, so to speak. Like, you, 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 you fan the flames of that, to get him his money. I don't think the Clippers are going to sign him. That's just my own thing. Who do you think they would sign? That's a tough, that's a tough question. I don't know. Um, I think they could trade for somebody. I don't know if they'll sign somebody though. If, if, if they were to sign, minimum, though, would you be fine with that? At the minimum? Yeah, I'd probably be fine with that. I think he'll probably get more than that. Anyway. I think he will too. Um, DJ Augustine is a guy I'd be interested in, like as a stable force off the bench. Like you're not going to ask, like he's a safe player. Like you're not going to ask him to do too much, you know? I think uh, I'd rather have playoff Rondo than DJ Augustine, but I have always been a big DJ Augustine supporter. No, I get that. I just, I think if I had to, if I was ranking those two, I'd take DJ Augustine over Rajon Rondo. And also Rondo has a player option with the Lakers, although it sounds like he's going to decline that to get paid, which I don't blame him. I would do the same thing. I mean, their whole roster are guys who who should get paid based off the playoff performance. Like everyone on that team. If we're talking about guys that I would like the point guards on the market that I would be over the moon to get like Goran Dragic and Fred Van Vliet. Now, let me tell you something. They're not going to get Fred Van Vliet unless it's a sign and trade. And that's not happening. Brother. <laughs> well, it's just not happening. They're not going to get Fred Van Vliet. If, if they do, I will tell people I was wrong. I wasn't, I was going to say like, Oh, I'll eat something. I'm not. You um, have to say what you just said completely over again, but in Hulk Hogan voice specifically because you started in, let me tell you something. No, um, Goran Dragic, I think the Clippers would love to get. I don't think they can. Huh? He's going to get paid, man. He's going to get paid. And even if he didn't get paid, I don't think he would like quote unquote paid. I don't think he'd take the MLE. I think he'd take something like 12 to 13 million a year. He's he's in a really interesting position because he was the leading scorer for the Heat in the playoffs, and he deserves to get paid. But at the same time, like I don't know when that guy is going to the finals again, and I think he knows he doesn't know when he's going to go to the finals again. So See, it's, it's, just, a, it's a similar thing with Rondo, though. Like now, Drogic is better than Rondo. Let me just obviously no, state but the obvious. But Drogic can get paid, paid. Rondo can get like an a better deal than what you'd expect, but Drogic can get really paid. Yeah, the thing with Drogic is he's thirty four. And he just had foot problems in the middle of the postseason and had to miss time in the NBA in the NBA finals. So that's not great. However, when he did play away. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, When he was healthy, if you look at just the games that he was healthy, 
And as a reminder, he went out in game one against the Lakers in the middle of in the second quarter of game one, which was still a game at that point. In the 15 games prior to that, Dragic was averaging 21 points, five assists and four rebounds on 45% shooting from the field and 36% from three. He was really freaking good. You could argue, not even argue, you could say, because it's accurate, he was their best offensive player player by a mile at that time. Yeah, he, he averaged the most points, too. He was he was their bucket getter when they needed one through the first three quarters, and they just let Jimmy close. Uh, man, just when I think of that, like, that's so lame. Like, when you think about it, like, in the playoffs – it's all fun and cool when everybody's getting upset, like getting upsets. Cause then you're like, wow, this is the best playoffs ever. Look at all these upsets. And then you get to the finals and then it's like a five seed and you're like, Oh, wait a minute. Like this isn't that hype anymore because all of the good teams that were the top five teams have all been bounced already. And then for him to get hurt when you get to that point, like that's so lame. Just, to to get the upset after upset and then you get to that point and he get and their top guys get hurt like that's just such an anticlimactic way to finish what was such a climactic playoffs. Yeah, it sucks. It's just the nature of the business. It happens, you know. It is what it is. Um, I don't know as far as the backup point guard or even starting point guard. I think if they could get Dragic, that's their starting point guard. Um, we'll see though. I mean, look. The offseason's about to be in what, like a, literally a month? If 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 the NBA has its way, training camp will open December first. And that's so, so crazy because they don't know. They don't even know. Nobody even knows. Yeah, I mean, I don't even remember what, when's the NBA draft. Do you know? I forgot. It's like November November eighteenth. Sure. And they're talking, yeah, November 18th. And they're talking about starting the offseason like two days after that. Uh, just everything about this season just feels wonky to me. It's just, they're rushing it. I don't like it. It's bad. Problems happen when you rush things like this. And I no. get it. I get what people are going to say. Well, well, Justin, they just had, you know, five and six months off. And, you know, so like it's it's not a big deal to have that turn. I get it. But you just ask these teams to go to a neutral location for several months. And it was nothing but basketball, 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 basketball. And they were they were ramped up every day. And then they went home and it's like, okay, hey, guys, you only get like eight weeks off. Good. Good luck. Like what? GG's. I I don't want to know the amount of like it's it pains me to think of the injuries that could happen because of this. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just seems like this would be uh far more of an uh, there's a potential for this to be far more of like quote unquote an asterisk season than a bubble season would. Yeah. This is you know what it is? So what was it, 2012 13 or 2011 12 when they had the 66 game season? What was that? 2011 12? 11 the 12. The lockout season? Yeah, 11 12. Um, 11 12. It was the year before I started working in the arena. So they start at Christmas as the 66 game schedule and they jam packed that thing. Remember, teams were playing back to back to backs and like a yeah. record number of four and fives and all that. Now I get it. That's because they had. 
like the all-star game still. And there's talk that this next season won't have the all-star game. So that's an extra week or so that they can fill with games to space things out. I, I understand. But now you're asking people to play what is reported to be 72 games in the same amount of time or thereabouts that they played 66. That's going to be wild. You know how many people are going to sit out back to backs, man? Yeah, it just feel it like it's going to be the definition of a let's just get through this. Let's just get to the playoffs healthy season. Yeah. Team depth might actually be the most important factor for the regular season. Yeah, I don't they, like it. I mean, I'm just saying like it's I don't like the fact that they're, they seem like they're rushing it. But what can I do? I'm just a lowly person speaking into a microphone. You can angrily tweet. I, don't, I, I angrily tweet enough. I've been very mad on Twitter lately. More. No, I've been very mad on Twitter lately. More angry tweets. Do you have a Do you have a good movie quote to close this one out? I do have a movie question. I was going to ask you to close this out, and this is going to say a lot about you because if you deny this, you suck. Um, Confirm or deny? Spider Man Two is the best live action Spider Man movie by a large mile. Mm, Spider-Man 2. Is that the Doc Ock one? Yeah, the one where they carry him on the train and that stuff happens. Um, and Walter, when was the last time you watched all the Spider-Mans? Because for some reason they've been on Showtime and I've watched... They, they've been on, yeah. I've been seeing them. Yeah, I watched 1, 2, 3 and Amazing Spider-Man in the last 24 hours. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man was good. I don't care what people say. Sucks. It's trash. Shut up. It's so um, bad. They have his montage scene of him learning his powers to Coldplay with this like romantic music. And then it's like, oh, there's so much. Are you crapping on Coldplay right now? I love Coldplay. And I think that is the dumbest training montage. I don't know. Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man is no bueno, man. And then like there's like certain moments where it's good where you're like, Oh, that was a cool scene. And then there's like 10 stupid things. It's like Spider-Man 3. Like Spider-Man 3 had like some cool scenes. And then for every cool scene they have, they have Tobey Maguire running around with his disco moves. And you're like, bro, stop. Like, just See, but that was, that was very comic booky, which I appreciate. Dude, it was too... He went full Sam Raimi. It was, and then like Sandman's a useless character. Anyway, what's the best one? Whichever one you hate the most. Um, I guess that'd be amazing. It might be amazing Spider-Man one. There we go. Um, I'm going to give you, you a- no, you got to tell me what's the best one for reals for reals. Um, live action only. Cause otherwise I'd say spider verse. Yeah. If, if it was, if it was all of them, it, it, hands down would be into the spider verse. Um, I'd probably say two because you know why um, Doc Ock is a great character because of his closeness to Peter Parker. And I don't know, like I don't think I never thought of Doc Ock as a quote villain, especially when you take into account like how much the arms played a part in his psyche, like breaking down. So probably that one. It's just a great one. It's good. And then you have uh, Harry 
uh, coming in, you know, so. Okay, I'm done. All right, I got a movie quote for you, okay? What is it? You referenced Casino Royale earlier, so I'm going to give you a James Bond quote from Casino Royale. You ready? Give me a quote from Goldmember. No. This is the best James Bond movie. No, <laughs> shut up. Um, and I think this quote applies through all of life. Quote, why is it that people who can't take advice always insist on giving it? That's a good quote. It kind of makes me feel like James Bond didn't come up with it. No, well, no the person who wrote the movie came up with it. Uh, feel, but it feels like a quote that could have come in like the 1800s or something. Every quote comes in the man. What are you doing? You're trying to crap on this. It's a great quote. I said it's a good quote. I'm saying uh, the person who must have originated it must have been like this. Must this must be going way way back? By the way, do you like that I ended it on a Dan Craig quote? It was a Daniel Craig quote. Yeah, we've come full circle, my friend. All right, folks, we'll see you later. Farbod's gonna go uh, walk off into the distance and cry because Spider-Man Two sucks. I will see you all later. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.